0: alive Lord. We now just posture ourselves just to hear from you as we hear from your Word. We pray these things in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. Well Church, it's great to continue in our series in James and this morning we'll be hearing from the founding pastor of Bridgman, Peter Sweetman. So could we welcome him as he comes to share with us this morning.
1: Thanks Andrew. That's That's right buddy. Yeah, it's still good. Yeah.
0: Thanks Andrew so much
1: and uh, lovely to be here and welcome to those online and uh, I too want to give a special welcome to you Nathan and Andrea, God bless you, God bless you with many children, so uh, may you know his blessings this day, our prayers are for you indeed. Well church, how are you going in our series in James, how are you going, It's uh, week six we're up to, so we're on the series here, it's not finished yet, we've got some more to go but um, this is a series... Um, a very practical series and it's a lot to do with what characterises people with mature faith. So I want to start with a little bit of an, uh, a reminder of what we've covered in the past five weeks. Now, don't you tune out because you think, what a boring way to start today. Now, you listen in carefully. This is a little review, okay, we're doing this start off with. I so see how we go. The mature are marked by the capacity to keep persevering in the place of trial. How are you going? For those who are in the trials, you're persevering today. They hold fast to the truth that God is always good, always. And they don't blame him when things go amiss spiritually. They don't go there. They don't just hear the word of God. They respond with actions of obedience. They're doers of the word. And one of those very, very key responses will be a deep concern for those that are in need, a strong preference towards the poor, and the oppressed. And from last week, you'll notice a consistency between what the matures say they believe about Jesus and how they actually live. It's faith and deeds from Pastor Jody last week. This is what Jesus has got planned for every person who puts their faith and trust in Him. And the Holy Spirit, He, he constantly prompts and, and calls us to move down this road towards Christian maturity. Now, if you are wondering what this sort of practical f- faith looks like, well, let me share one of um, the things that has happened to me during this series. Let me be very, very practical for a moment. As my eight-year term um, serving on the board of Queensland Baptists comes to a conclusion in two weeks, wow, how quick does eight years go? Boom, just like that, yeah. I've been asking the Lord, well, Lord, you know, what, what have you, do you have for me in this next season as I can just Continue to pastor here. I've been pastoring through all of that time as well here, but um, anything else that you want to put on the plate, Lord, I'm just um, open to you. And I'd heard on a number of occasions about the need for religious instruction teachers in state schools. But I had left my teaching career 35 years ago. Long time between drinks. Not that I drink anyway, but a long time between drinks. Yeah. And I, I have to admit this. Don't judge me, anybody. Don't judge me. I just get that in first. Don't judge me. Um, I've had a repetitive and unsettling dream during my time as a pastor here. Um, I often had this dream. Some call it a nightmare. It was for me. Yeah. And I found myself in this nightmare, this um, unsettling dream, returning to the classroom again. And I'd be there, it'd be on my very first day. I'd arrive late, of course. I wouldn't know where I was going. The principal would be there somewhere or other. was hanging around with not a, not a good feel about me. And, and I didn't know which class I was meant to teach. And I'd done no preparation. That was the other thing. Yeah, no preparation at all. Now, apart from my nightmares, I, I did know from my teaching experience that classroom teaching you know, doesn't always go smoothly. You might not know that, but I did know that. Children are not always the perfect little angels that we want them to be. And so I was thinking, is this time for a 65-year-old, soon to be 65-year-old person? Should I be returning there to that place? That's when most people have been thinking, let's get out of the classroom. So I asked the Lord one Sunday that if this was a prompting coming from him, that someone that day would raise, R.I. teaching with me? Put a little fleece out there. They're okay to do occasionally every now and then. Well, that Sunday was the 6th of March, just at the beginning of this month. This is how fresh this story is, yeah. Pastor Andrew was preaching. You might recall that particular sermon on James 2, and the word that day was, do not just listen to the word of God, go and do what it says, what he's saying. Well, after the 8 a.m. service, I began talking with a couple that I just happened to run into, and... I asked them about how they'd come to faith. It was appropriate in the conversation and they shared some of their stories. And and then they asked me how I came to faith. And I told them about the day that I was in an RI class in in grade six. And the booklet we were using concluded with these words, and what's to stop you becoming a Christian? And I realised that day as an 11 year old boy that there was nothing. I knew I wasn't a Christian, which was a wonderful revelation from Jesus for me. I wasn't a Christian. And so that night I went home and knelt by my blue and white bed and gave my life to Jesus as an 11-year-old boy. Well, that mini testimony led to a very interesting conversation about ministry in schools, as those things do, seeing I got converted in RI, discovering that I was talking to someone too that was very involved in chaplaincy, school chaplaincies. And then I went back in for round two of Andrew's sermon at the 10 a.m., If God ever speaks to you sometime, get this, sometimes it's good to get the second time around. You should go home 10 a.m. and have a listen on the YouTube again, shouldn't you sometimes? I do that. If God's whacked me with one, sometimes you've got to listen to it again. Yeah, it's helpful for us. So anyway, I went back in for round two at the 10 a.m. because I got that at the 8 a.m. And so last Tuesday, after hearing again, be doers, and not just errors. I did my first RI training module. There's some more to do, but I've got the first one done. And on Wednesday, at our Faith in Action gathering, I asked for prayer over my one of my future frontline missional communities, which was going to be RI somewhere a de- bit further down the track. i have taking a bit of long service leave, but I'm, I've, I got prayed for on, on Wednesday. Will I forget this Faith in Action series? Will I? I will not. When I'm in the classroom floundering around, wondering, Jesus, why did you bring me back here? I'll be remembering this series and trying to have faith and faith that's put into action. That's how real this stuff is that we're talking about, church. Also I love series. You just keep hearing these messages coming to us. Gives us a chance to truly respond. Take some action. Get involved now it's it's a lengthy earthly journey for us well most of it is a lengthy journey it sort of goes fast in one sense but there's a lot that happens many times God will speak to us through his word and, and other people and there'll be trials and there'll be temptations and there'll be a need to confess sin lots of sin will need to be confessed I know that but as we humbly and obediently keep turning our faces to Christ just as we've done in this service this morning we have sung these songs of worship, we put our our eyes on Christ, then then He will come and keep transforming our lives. He will by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. That's what He's committed to do for for you and for you and for you and for me. For you, yeah, that's our God. He's so committed to us. He loves us so much. He's such a good God. And so this morning, He's got something for us, all of us. Are you expecting this morning about the things that are going to come from God? He wants to speak to you, he wants to speak to me. And the characteristic, the mature faith characteristic that we're going to look at this morning is actually the biggest one yet. You'll see that as we go through this, white it's so poem. it's the biggie. James has touched on it a couple of times in chapters one and two, but he gives the full expansive um, um, dialogue on it in chapter three. So are you ready for the word of God? Prepare yourself. It's a big word of God. It always is, but it's coming from God himself. Jesus, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us right now. Are you ready? Here we go. James 1.19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak and slow to become angry James 1:26 and this is this encapsulates today's message actually so beautifully those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless mm. this one James 12:13. speak and act Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What part of the theme of this whole series it's so good. To know that we're turning to a merciful God this morning. Now we're ready for James 3. Are you ready? Here we go. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. That's for a number of people here, including myself. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. They're they're spiritually mature. They're mature. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. How are you going? You're getting this word from Jesus this morning? Well, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. How much more we got to take here? With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear fruit? Figs. neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This is God's word to us today. Being in control of our words is a characteristic of someone who is mature. To be authentic as a Christian is not just having our actions and deeds match what we say, but it's also about having what comes out of these mouths of ours matching what we profess James knows that what we say is a really really big issue and he knows how difficult it is for all of us he makes out a, a, a very powerful case in the passage that we've read here as, as to why it's very very important for Christians to gain control over what we say he begins by pointing out the power of that the tongue has in our lives. James uses, I didn't need to get too many illustrations today because James gave me some, here it is. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. It's amazing when you think about it, that such a small piece of equipment, such as a bit in a horse's mouth or, or the rudder of a ship can control the direction of such a powerful animal or, or such a mighty vessel. I have only been on a horse a few times in my life. Praise God, I may say. Yeah, praise God, praise God, praise God. I know there's some horse lovers out there. Well, don't judge me either. Don't judge me this morning, yeah, yeah. I have found when you sit on a horse, it's not like sitting on your lounge chair at home, you know, stable, steady, you know, predictable. If I can say it, that's why I love my challenge. sweet at home, it's good. Suddenly, if you get on a horse, it's a whole different experience. You are sitting on something that, whoa, whoa, power. It's right underneath you. And, and there's a very good reason why you should grip onto the reins. There is. I have one distinct memory of a horse that I was once riding. Maybe this is why I would never ride horses too much. But as we turn for home... He decided that he didn't want to actually take any notice of the reins anymore. He was going home and he just took off like this. My very inexperienced riding, it was a fast trip. I've got to tell you that. And it had a sudden stop at the end of it all. That's how they do when they get home. Boom, they just stop. Fortunately, I didn't fall off, but I almost did. Horse riding 101, make sure you keep control of the reins. That's how you keep control of the horse. The human tongue is only a, a physically small part of the human body, but it has enormous influence in determining what unfolds in and through our lives for either good or bad. Now, is James overstating the influence of the power of, of our tongues, the words that flow out of our mouths? Well, let me remind you of some words from Jesus. Matthew twelve thirty six thirty seven. 37. But I tell you, that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken, for by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned, wow, wow, our words you see, they reveal who we really are, what we think, believe in our hearts, And they're going to be used on judgment day as evidence concerning God's assessment of our lives. James, you see, is articulating in this section here what the Bible makes clear again and again and again, that our words are of enormous significance in our relationship with God, our relationship with others, and in the spiritual growth of our lives. If we are able to gain mastery over our tongues, then it will enable us to gain mastery over every area of our lives. Let me illustrate, or explain just a little bit further. If you gain control over a polluted tongue, you will be able to gain control over polluted actions. This, This is really important. Grab hold of this truth this morning. If you gain control over a lying tongue, you'll be able to gain control over deceptive actions. If you gain control over the formulation of critical and bitter words, you'll be able to gain control over the acts of hatred and revenge. The tongue, it's like the master management system of our lives. And when we we learn to control our words, then we will gain mastery over all the actions of our lives. It's It's that big, it's that important. That's what's such a big characteristic of mature faith. James begins by highlighting the power of the tongue and its influence in our lives. And then he makes clear what a massive, massive problem it is to all of us and the enormous damage it can do. Listen to this again. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. How much damage has been done in our world through words? Think about that for a moment. How much damage? Leaders who have twisted words so wars can be justified. That is happening right at this moment of time. Isn't that right? Words have been twisted that justify war. People, let's just bring it back a little bit from the global sphere, people contending with anorexia or drug abuse or alcoholism because of some critical word that a peer said or someone else said at a, at a vulnerable moment and it, it just puts a wound in there that people have medicated, or so sought to medicate in some way or other throughout their lives. Family members battling each other for years because a thoughtless word that was spoken at some family gathering and it, it, it just set off a fire, a massive fire. Breaking of relationships, marriages broken because of spiteful words, bringing hurt and pain. So many in our society, so many. Injured through malice-filled social media posts. Isn't that true? It's like a trench at the moment. Do you know that? It's like a sewage trench at the moment going right through our society. Social media. I know there's some great things about it, too, as well. But it's done so much damage to people's hearts and lives. And this one, let, let's get really close to home here for us. People driven from churches because of judgmental assessments by others. Yeah. I'm not talking about proper authority and the use of that within the church. um, That's what leaders are there for, good shepherds, look after the sheep. I'm not saying that, but but where the judgments come on others out of self-righteousness and people get put off. It can appear so small a few words, but what fiery destruction can result? The tongue is the focal point of our hostility against God and everyone that he has made, those made in his image. But it's not only the damage that that the tongue does to others, it's also the damage that it does to us. That's where sin works. It it corrupts or it, it leaves a defiling stain, we read here on the people who, who use their tongue to, to slander and attack and criticise, pull down, whatever it might be. Have you noticed how after the, 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 the aftermath of damaging words, think about this just for a moment in your own lives, the aftermath of damaging words, it always leaves you flat and diminished. Have you found that? It leaves you flat. Wishing you were being a better parent because you said something would have been better, left what? Unsaid. Wondering why you said what you did. The dumb things. This is one of my big problems my whole life. I say dumb things at times. I run off at the mouth, I'd be better to zip it. That's true. Justifying, you ever done this one where you've said something and, and, and then you justify in your mind the words that you've just spoken? It's so, like, well, I was entitled to say that. That was okay, they needed that. All those sort of things. That's a sign, you know, that's a sign. Your soul and your very body damaged by the aftermath of your words marked by cynicism and pride, foolishness, anger, whatever it might be. It actually has an impact on these bodies of ours. These sort of of words, they burn us up. And hear this some this morning. While the sins of our youth may pass with time, That's not so for the sins of our mouths which stay with us all our lives. As long as we're speaking, there's a problem. So don't think you just get to older age and this is all all done in one away. it's all simple. It's not, it's right to the very end. Listen to how these words are actually paraphrased in the the message. It only takes a spark. Sounds like a song, doesn't it? It only takes a spark. Remember to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that by our speech. We can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with its smoke right from the pit of hell. What did Jesus himself say about our tongues? Listen to this, another little one from Jesus. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them. It's not worrying about what you eat. But listen to this, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. Our, our tongues, they really are an enormous problem and what comes out of them can so easily be sourced from sin it's, uh, from hell itself. It's the sinful part within us, resonates. Now maybe you're thinking, um, hold on a moment, something that's coming from, from hell would be easy to spot. Exactly. Some of you, you think, well, I've got everything sorted out here. Well, let me just remind you of how subtle this can be. Do you remember um, Peter's supposedly kind and friendly words to Jesus, not to go to the cross? Do you remember them? You know, well-meaning, well-intentioned, kindly words. To Jesus, oh, don't go there. We, you'd be, you'd be king down here on earth. And what did Jesus say to him? Foolish words from Peter, because Jesus says, "Get behind me, Satan." They were actually from the pit. You know, that was a temptation coming to Jesus at that very time. James' analysis of the tongue is is making very, very clear to us that this most powerful part of our body is a big, big problem. But he's not finished yet. If, if you think we're finished, we're here. we've got some more, folks. Hang in there. You be strong as you listen to this. It's important. Yeah. The truth is no human being can control their tongue. Verse seven, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. You can get parrots to speak. Did you know that? You can train them to do that. You can cause snakes to dance to music. Not here in Australia, but other lands that happens in. You can teach dolphins to jump through hoops. Maybe we're a bit more familiar with that one here in Australia, but but there is no one. No one is able to tame the tongue. It's described by James as a restless evil. Um, the, The Greek word has a sense of it's always liable to break out. That's, that's what it's saying. It's like some breeds of dogs, which you know seem to be under control. They're the family pet. But then something suddenly triggers an instinct within them and then they turn savage. We've read of stories like that. That's the sort of thing we're talking about here. Someone may be able to partially tame the tongue, get it under control for a while, but suddenly then it can break out again and viciously harm someone, poison a situation or relationship to advise folly rather than wisdom. Sometimes we think we get things under control and we're there boasting about the quality of, of our marriages and next minute, There's a tension point through an unthinking word. God does that to keep us humble, actually, you know that. Boast about the quality of your family life and next minute the seeds of sibling rivalry, envy will be displayed. There is no power within any person which can subdue the power of the tongue. There's no power. It's impossible for a person alone to control their tongue. But there's one other problem the tongue brings
0: and that is that it
1: reveals the inconsistencies in what we say in one place and what we say in another. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh, fresh water. It is not good to use your tongues, our tongues to loudly sing and speak about the goodness of God and then go home and use that same tongue to loudly sound off about what's wrong with others. Others who have been made in God's very image. We need to be careful. It's not good to use your lips to lift high the the name of Jesus, just as we've been doing this morning, and then go home and tear down your spouse or children. James uses a word that appears nowhere else in the New Testament when he says, this ought not to be. It's, It's intrinsically wrong to do that. And he uses the three illustrations that we read, all demanding the answer, no. That's how it's put in the Greek, no. Can fresh and salt water flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives? Can a salt water produce fresh water? The answers are obvious. Now, I don't know about you, but the longer this sermon goes on, the more nervous I'm actually feeling about going home today. I don't know about you, but that's how I feel. I, I hate preaching. No, I shouldn't say hate. That's a wrong word. My, my granddaughter's teaching me not to use the word hate, so I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, um, yeah. I don't like preaching on these things because I know they'll be challenged. Did you know that? Yeah, that's how it happens. When we're preaching here, there'll be a challenge. There will be. Something will come from the dark side for sure. Yeah. But I want us to hear this this morning, the summary, if you got it. We're through the hardest part of the sermon. Okay, this is the summary. Our tongues have enormous power and what we say will have more impact upon our lives and the lives of others than anything else. It's a very important piece of our lives. The trouble is that our tongues are a huge problem, problem for every one of us. We are all none of us escapes this, we are all so prone to injure others, to defile ourselves because through our sinful hearts we are connected to hell, that's the resonating, it's the heart you see, it's the problem and in human strength the, the tongue cannot be tamed, it will break out and do damage and it's the revealer of the inconsistencies between our professions of faith and what still resides in our hearts, now If this is seeming to you like a fairly discouraging section of James, well, I want you to take heart. You got that? I want you to take heart. It is very, very helpful to know if you've got a big problem. Did you know that? It it, truly, it is very, very helpful. If you're about to start a reno on your house, it's really good to know that there's asbestos in the walls, isn't it? Isn't that true? Like that's a good thing to know. It, it's, it's hard to deal with and a problem, but it's let, let's know about it so, so that we can take appropriate action. And so, understanding the strategic importance of controlling our, our our tongues, as the Holy Holy Spirit renovates our hearts, then that's an incredible blessing. You see, a, a controlled tongue. This is what we're hearing this morning. It, It's the key to a godly life. It's it's the key to the mature life in Christ. So how do we gain mastery over our tongues? Now, this isn't what James deals with directly in this passage. So I'm going to take some other parts of Scripture and just sort of put it all together. I wanted to resolve it a little bit as well as seeing how difficult it is. He's given us his answer. He says, get this under control. We've seen that, chapter one. So... How do we gain mastery? It all begins with recognising the truth that James has been making clear that we can't can't control our tongues. This this is what it's pointing to. There's sin in all our hearts. You may be able to get through life without committing adultery or murdering somebody, but um, it's our lips more than anything that helps us to see that we are not as good as we think. Who here this morning hasn't hurt or damaged someone, someone you even love, with an unthoughtful or a critical or an angry word, let alone what you might have said to somebody that you don't have that relationship with. Some people I know think that they're sort of entitled to speak offensively to others. Some see themselves actually as having a special calling to make sure that other people know their place. Some love making judgments about how everyone else is falling short of what's right and good. This is very common in churches, actually, that sort of thinking. All the others aren't measuring up, but they're really saying, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a better Christian than you are. And some think it's okay to just say whatever they're thinking. Well, you know, I'm the truthful person. I so just let it out. It's a very, very liberating day, in fact, when the pride and the folly of that sort of thinking is exposed to be nothing less than fire starters from the pit of hell itself. Did you know that? That's a, that's a liberating day. Such a good day to discover that. When we recognise the extent of our sinful hearts, That's when you know you need nothing less than heart surgery. Did you know? (laughs) It's heart surgery. That's what we need. (laughs) We need a new heart, which is exactly what Jesus has made available through his sacrificial death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave that we've been singing about this morning. Praise God. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. The new is here. The, the day you see that we ask Christ to forgive us for all our sin it is the day that he gives us a new spiritual heart as the Holy Spirit comes and indwells us. And that miraculous birth means that we now have a power within us far stronger than sin and Satan, death itself as we've been speaking about this morning. And so with Divine enabling, we, we are able to begin the process, to begin it, of, of gaining control over the things that we could never control. Sin ruled us. Now Jesus rules us. There's, there's a new spirit within us. And the Holy Spirit's mighty, He's powerful. And He's able to help us bring control to the uncontrollable. Our mouths, our mouths, praise God. And so we begin this journey towards Christian maturity, the maturity that God has planned for for our lives. He's committed to completing in us. The words that we once thought were appropriate or we felt free to use suddenly get up, get lit up, get lit up with the blazing light of God's Word. On mornings just like this, did you know? Just keep coming to church. Jesus keeps speaking. Coming online. Jesus keeps speaking. Listen to this. You ready? These words might be for someone this morning. Listen. Do not let, Ephesians 4, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Some, think, some people think that if you get into the hot spot, you're entitled to let loose with a few clangers. That's the old life, folks. That's the old life. For life that's meant to be done away with, not, not justified or given an excuse if I'm angry enough, well, I can let them out. Do not let any, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Malice, oh, what a difference that would make in our world. Wouldn't imagine the social media with no malice. Oh, wow, heaven's coming, folks, it is. It's coming, praise God, it is. That's what we're living, you see, no sin. That, that's, that's our hope and it's rock solid, sure. He's coming again. That's the world that's coming all its fullness. And see, the Holy Spirit comes in this life now but, and alerts us to the sort of words that he doesn't want us to use any longer. And he gives us new vocabulary, new way of operating, ways that we can obey the instructions of Jesus and, and do things that please him. Our mouths are changed. The critical, The critical now find words of compassion. The angry, they they find words of kindness. This is the radical work that Jesus does in hearts. The cynical, they now find themselves being encouragers, the, the builders up. Not sitting back and casting their words, their cynical words. The foolish are slower to speak. Did you hear that? That's for me. Especially the foolish are slower to speak. God, help me, help me, Lord, help me, yeah. And polluted mouths do disappear. The old goes, the new comes. So many things change. The emails that were once shot off to put everything right get left in the draft file. Wow, what a great day that is. Yeah, it is true, true. We should be very careful what we shoot off. Very careful. Facebook posts are now viewed through the lens of: Will this build someone up? Will it build others up? Will it encourage others? It's a it's a really different lens to think about social media, isn't it? Will this build others up, or will it build me up? Will it, make it like I've got life together? Poor poor you you need to get where I am. We think carefully about these things. And people set out the beginning of their day and they arrive home at the end of the day, especially the long trying days, the hard ones, and they repeat the prayer. This is a good prayer to pray really frequently. I pray it often. I need to. Psalm 141.3, set a guard over my mouth. I go into meetings saying, Lord. Please guard what I'm saying. I I prayed that when I was coming to preach here this morning. Guard it. I can say some dumb things at times. Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. That's a prayer. And we have a father who loves to answer that sort of prayer, but it's pausing to pray that. That in itself is a check that I won't be quick to speak here. I'll, I'll try and be more thoughtful, slower to speak. There are many here today whose tongues have been radically changed through the Holy Spirit, and like there are big, big changes that have happened in their speech patterns. And there's many here today that are continually working on this, as we all need to. But I wanted just to conclude this morning by encouraging all of us to keep asking the Holy Spirit to bring His control in ever-increasing measure to our our tongues. And, and this will be a blessing in your family. It'll be a blessing to this church. It'll be a blessing to our world, folks. It really will. But be the people God's called us to be, mature in Christ. So, if your tongue is is lighting fires somewhere, just hear this for a moment. Or maybe the Holy Spirit this morning, in all His grace and kindness, has just made you aware of that in something that's been said throughout this service. That there are some places where damage is being done, some, some inconsistencies are evident, and, and, and this one, justifications are being made. That, that's such a pointy, you know. Well, Jesus' loving words to you through his half-brother is, this should not be, this should not be. Now, his mercy and his forgiveness is great. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Don't you love that through this series? I just love that. I just love it. Mercy. And, and you know that this morning. I'm not preaching here in any judgment on anybody. I can tell you, I know what a struggle this is. I'm sorry, but, but God wants to help us. I want you to be encouraged this morning. But where we need to ask forgiveness, then let's ask for it. He'll grant it to us. He'll keep helping us. If you're thinking this, I've tried this in the past and it just doesn't seem to work. Or, or, or maybe you even heard this morning that this is, it's impossible to control the tongue and so you're thinking, well, I, I don't even have to bother. You know, I've just heard it from the word. Well, let me share one sentence from one of the commentators I read and then a word from Jesus, okay? The commentator, it is far better to fight a fire than go around setting new ones. Did you get that? fight it folks fight it in the power of the Holy Spirit fight it that's far better than just saying well I can't do anything about it and you'll be lighting fires everywhere that's what we call Christian maturity this is the big fight of our lives down with the devil and sin and up with Jesus and goodness and let me encourage you here's the word from Jesus with man this is impossible but with God All things are possible. Be faith-filled. We are not doing this alone, you see. We've been birthed, the Holy Spirit within us, and He is mighty and He's for us. He's gonna help us. I pray that's why you've come to church this morning, because you're asking the Holy Spirit to help you on this journey. And for those here today who are just so aware of your great challenge to always speak as Christ would, and that's for all of us, actually. And and maybe you are a little bit nervous about going home after church in case you say something you shouldn't. Maybe you are a little bit. Well, well, good. I want to say good. Praise God. I really mean that. Praise God. That is actually a sign that the Holy Spirit is powerfully at work in you, that there is a good spring within you. There is a good spring. And And He's wanting to lead you, and this is for all ages here this morning. He is wanting to lead you further into Christian maturity. The maturity that he's got planned for us when he starts the good work in us. He wants to complete it. And so I ask him this morning for more of the Holy Spirit's control over every word you speak. That's our calling this morning. I, I, I pray you'll pray that prayer. So are you ready? We're gonna pray, but just before we do that. Sometimes I like to raise faith because sometimes it's, You hear people speak from the pulpit, and you say, "Oh, yeah, 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 I've heard all that." And does that really work? Well, I thought I'd just maybe be courageous and ask some others to be courageous. That if you're someone who's had a a speech issue changed by the Holy Spirit in your life, you know, maybe the critical was was common for you, but God's taken that further away, and it's more encouragement there. Maybe at some time you did have an unwholesome mouth and the Holy Spirit's changed that. Oh, I don't know what it could be, anything to do with speech. A, a moment when, when there was a significant change, God did something that was wonderful. I, I had it as a, as a young boy. I had a foul temper, did you know that? I slammed the door in my mother's face, face, face one day. That's how bad I was. Good little boy, growing up in Christian home. Whoa, sinner! I tell you, sinner. But I ask God. Deal with that, in my life, and and here's the prayers of kids. You know, you don't have to be an adult to, hear God, to get God to help you. And I know it doesn't always work like that. I, I understand that sometimes we have ongoing struggles with things. Look, just you know year by year God continues to change that so that we look back and we're different to where we were 10 years ago you need to do that everybody it'll be an encouragement if you're in Jesus it really will be beautiful encouragement for you. look back 10 years and see if you're a different person in Jesus Christ we often are looking at the present we think oh I'm still struggling still working on this but look back over a few years and just see the difference so So is there anyone here this morning, you just want to be courageous because I want to raise faith that Jesus can help us. That's what I really want to do. So if God has worked in your heart in some way to change the things that you say, well, will you stand now just for a moment? Anyone? There's a few here. Good. Any more? Come on, just stand up and and we're doing two things you realize We're, we're, we're saying thank you these folks are saying thank you for what you've done Lord Jesus for me you're saying thank you and we're honoring Jesus by doing that this is a witness Lord we give you the praise but it's also raising faith that for others that might be in that place of struggling with these things well this this testimony is here to say this is what Jesus can do and he can do it for you Thanks, guys, sit down, that's that's beautiful. Come now, we're ready to pray. Faith has been raised, has it not? Faith's raised, let's pray now. Lord, we come to you. We've been listening to your word. And now we pray and we are asking for your help, Lord, and we need it. Thank you for the new birth, Lord, within us. Thanks, Holy Spirit, that you indwell us. You're so wonderful, you're so committed to us. You help us, Lord, you do help us. We wanna thank you, Lord, for the many things that by your grace and mercy you've forgiven us of and healed us from, Lord, thank you. The words that we've said, the words that others have said, you're for us, Lord, thank you, thank you, Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and and something's been prompted and you just just wanna pause in this service now and say, Lord, just bring this to you. I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. I just ask your forgiveness. Just take a moment to do that. Is there anything there that Holy Spirit's spoken to you about? Thanks, Lord. Thanks. seems so simple, but it was costly. Jesus, it cost you everything, your precious life, for us to be able to pray that way just now. So thank you. And then, Lord, we ask now for your help. Please, Lord, help us to gain mastery. We we, we, We want our words, Lord, to conform to your heart to your instructions, Lord. Help us to guard our mouths, Lord, from hurting and damaging others. Help us from saying dumb things, Lord, we pray. Fill us with the fruit of your spirit, truth and love and kindness and gentleness. And so, Lord, we are asking this morning that you will help this maturing work you're doing in our lives, even in this very series we're doing in the book of James. Help us, Lord, now we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. It's so good to ask for his help. He grant that to us, I know that. We're gonna stand and sing a song. And it's, it's, a, it's a beauty. You better use your tongues. Okay, you got that? These are words to be sung. It's about how good he is. Everything comes from him, everything goes back to him. And then you have gotta go home and ask Jesus at the same time to keep you consistent with what we're gonna sing here just in a moment. So we really ready, let's stand up. We're gonna sing, but, but do use your voice. Do use your tongue to honour and praise our great God. He's so worthy of all our praise this morning. Thanks, John.
0: Amen, God, you deserve all the glory. And Lord, we just sit here and humble ourselves and say, we love you, God. We love you, God. You are such a gracious God. You're such a a gentle and compassionate God. You come and speak to us, Lord. And you've done that here today. Lord, we recognise, God, we fall short. We recognise that, God, our tongues don't always honour you. But here we are, God, humbling ourselves and saying, forgive us, forgive us, Lord Jesus. Thank You that You don't condemn us. Thank You that God, You're wanting to build us up. You wanna make us more and more like Jesus. You want us to to be life givers with our words. And so God, with Your help, we will. Lord, it is impossible in and of ourselves, but God, with Your help, build us to be the people, Lord, that speak life into this world, to speak hope into this world, to speak grace and truth. Lord God, we've, we've heard the power of words, Lord God. Um, Lord, we wanna use it in the positive. We wanna be people who speak life into our communities, into our families, into our marriages. So help us, dear God, but thank You, Father. Thank You for the way You come and speak. Thank You that You're renovating our hearts. Lord, we love You. We just worship You in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen. Please be seated. It's uh, so good to have you here this morning and those online as well your first time to Bridgman or you want to connect in any way, there's a, a newcomers lounge, a connections lounge just down to the left there as well. If you would like prayer this morning, either for your front line, you want to pray um, as we did on Wednesday night, please come and pray. Um, but other than that, have a great week. We look forward to seeing you. Families, you can join us in Bangalore Street Park as well after the service too. Have a great week. Thank you.